Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to today's interview. It's so great to have you all with me, and I'm so excited to have my friend Dustin Heiner with us. He is the founder of Master Passive Income, the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, and Successfully Unemployed. He is a real estate rental property investor who was able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was 37 years old. He has podcasts, YouTube channels, books, courses, and coaching. He has a billion things going on and also is married with four children, owns many businesses. So he has a ton going on. And my amazing friend, Vincent Puglisi, connected us. And then we met in person recently at PodFest. And I was like, this interview has to happen. So Dustin, thanks so much. Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate you having me on the show. it's been a great year. We got to meet at the conference and our, our mutual friend connected us as well. And so I love helping people is the number one thing. And then real estate allows me to help even more people get on. Like I quit my job. And so I was able to now not work, but then jump on podcasts like yours, talk to great people like you and just really just help as many people as possible. So I really appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you. Okay. What made you in 2015 as a full-time employee, spouse, you know, parent decide like, oh, I'm going to go and do this? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it was definitely a journey. Let me, I want to tell you, I'll tell you a story about how I got into this and really what catapulted me into becoming a real estate investor and then creating businesses and passive income. So I'll fast forward to the end, but then the very beginning, I'll go back to it and just walk you through it. So when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job and never work for somebody else again. And I like using the term successfully unemployed because I figured out a way to make money for myself and my family, but not work for somebody else. So being successfully unemployed. Now, I'll quickly go back to the beginning. Now, I've always been entrepreneurial in my life, you know, starting businesses, that idea. But I've all been, we've all been taught this, and I was taught this exact same thing. And I did this going down this path. We're taught, go to school, get good grades. Then you go to college, you get good grades again, and get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt. Then you get a piece of paper, it's called a degree. And you go around to other businesses, companies, <laughs> and say, hey, would you please give me a job? And so hopefully you get a job. And remember, this is the whole plan. And then hopefully you work there for 40 plus years and eventually retire on what you managed to somewhat save that whole time that you were living just over broke. That's what I call a job. Yeah. You're living a job. You're living yep. just over broke. So I'm doing that exact same thing at the same time, trying to start businesses. So I've had a newspaper route and newspapers are definitely going away, but I would ride my bike with bags with newspapers in them. And I throw them like at 5 AM, bang them on garage doors, waking people up. Um, I had a skateboard manufacturing business. 
I had a convenience store and a pizzeria, graphic website, a design company. All these started from scratch. Now, all these businesses did okay, but I knew I was taught, and this is what I was following, was working a career. And so what mm -hmm. I did was I started working for, I started doing technology for a local county government in California. And doing IT work, it was fine. Normal desk job, sitting out nine to five and everything. And at the time, I bought one or two rental properties. And I realized that, man, buying a one rental property, it makes me money without me working. Each one was making like over $250 a month in passive income. And I thought, you know what? I just need to buy more of these. But just like everybody, it happens to everybody, life started getting in the way. My wife started having one, two, three, four kids. And so if you were <laughs> watching the video, you can absolutely see the kids in my video. Uh, so I have four yep. kids. And so here's the story. This is what really just shoved me into becoming an investor. Life got in the way, so I stopped investing. Now, this is what happened. My wife had our fourth child. And my daughter, Faith, was born. And I went on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home with the mom changes poopy diapers and, you know, bonds with the baby and all that sort of stuff. And about two weeks later, I go back to work. And in that week that I go back to work on a Friday at three 30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like a top dog. It says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. I hung with the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, what in the world are they calling me to the office for? This isn't normal at all. And I've seen plenty of movies. Like this is sometime that like, this is bad. And so sitting there, I remembered a couple months before I got laid off, there was some rumors or some rumbling going on that there would potentially be layoffs in the county or in my department because they were running low on funds. I immediately shook that off. I said, there's no way. I've had 13, 14 years seniority here. I work for the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government. And so I shook it off. And so I get up out of my chair and I start walking to my boss's office. And this hallway that I'm walking down, it's fairly short, but... Every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because yeah. the weight of everything, potentially getting laid off, is just starting to dawn on me and weigh on me. Well, I get down the hallway and I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed and I see his secretary there, the same lady that gave me a call. Super sweet lady. She looks at me and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And I said, yes. And I go and I sit down and she's looking at me all nice. She's grinning, sheepishly kind of grinning at me and trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. Oh, I know oh. nothing about what's going on. So I take my seat in that chair and I start thinking about my life, thinking, oh my goodness, if this is the time that I get laid off, was all of my life that I've been told to follow this path, was that all a waste? Like, did I waste my life on this? And then I start thinking, my goodness, we just had our fourth child. I have four kids. If I can't provide for them, provide food and shelter, does that make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man, try to provide for his family? Yep. Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is just crushing down on me. Then the door to my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hands, a coworker of mine, but she's noticeably distraught noticeably upset, not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has been devastated. She passes by me and I get up and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? I go into his office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but yep. I did. So it happened to me. It could happen to anybody. This is the reason why I'm telling the story. I want you to yeah. learn from yeah. the mistakes that I made. And so if it happened to me, it'll happen to anybody. So I take that layoff notice 
and I walk back to my desk and I sit down at my desk and I realize two things sitting right then and there. And this is the reason why I'm telling the story. I realize these two things. The first one is I need to get another job. I need to figure out a way to provide for my family. They're counting on me. Yeah. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to be able to find another job in the same county, a whole nother department, found a job there, started working for them, and everything started working just fine and getting back to work. And then I started buying property after property. So getting another job, praise the Lord, check, got that. But sitting there in that chair, I realized the second thing, and this is what you really need to take away. I realized that my value, I was putting that in my job. When mm. everybody, anybody would ask me the question, Dustin, what do you do? I would answer and say, well, I work for the county. I do IT work for the county. Well, in reality, I don't get my value from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, yeah. and from my family. Yeah. And so what happens is I was projecting, projecting my value as being my job. I'd say, I just do IT work for the county. Right then and there, I realized that my value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God and myself and my family. So I started realizing that I need to now start telling everybody that I am an investor because I knew I needed to be an investor, but life got in the way and stopped me. And so right then and there, I said, every time somebody's going to ask me the question, I'm going to tell them I am an investor. It may even so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's my part-time job. I'm a full-time investor because my value doesn't come from my job. My value is now that I'm an investor. Fast forward the story. I started working at this new department, buying property after property after property, each one making me $250 or more in passive income. Mm -hmm. And eventually I had 30 plus properties. I realized, my goodness, even though I'm making $75,000 a year working here at this job, I am losing money. I need to quit because everybody needs to realize this. Your value is so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And this is how you'll know. It's because your boss is paying you just enough to do money to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that's taking money out of their pocket. If you get paid for the value that you are worth, you would get paid so much more. In fact, you, your uh, company would probably go bankrupt. That's actually paying you. If you get paid for that, what you're worth by starting your own businesses, by investing, by doing things that are going to help you, you get paid for your value. You're going to get paid so much more you can ever get, uh, ever be worth. So here, the last part of the story, and I'll round it up by saying, what I did was I went to my new boss, great boss and everything. And I said, Hey boss, I'm laying you off. Here's your two weeks notice. Basically, you know, uh, uh, you know, my, I'm leaving the job, uh, giving me a two weeks notice. And he said, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate, yeah. 30 plus properties. Now it makes me money. I don't do a thing and I make money. So let me round out the story by saying, if you remember that Quick story that I shared where I walked down the hallway, short hallway that got longer and longer and longer. My feet felt like they became lead bricks. I walked from my my job, the very, very last time, a mile and a half walk in downtown because I didn't want to pay for parking. I parked so far away. Mm -hmm. I've taken this walk a thousand times. This last time, I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again. So fast story now, when I was 37 years old, quit my job. Now I've literally traveled with my family. 2017, we went through Japan, six weeks in Japan, literally driving like 2000 miles around on the left-hand side of the road in Japan um, <laughs> for six weeks. And then in 2018, we went to Europe for six weeks, 11 different country trip for six weeks. 2019, we went through East Coast, four week field trip with my kids because we homeschool our kids. And then 2020 was, you know, COVID and 2021, we're kind of getting more into tra traveling. But anyways, all that to say, 
amazing that I have things, properties that work for me and I don't work. So I'll pause the story. You probably got lots, lots of questions. Yeah. Well, I love this. And it's so cool because we've talked about real estate. We've talked about podcasts. We've talked about all these different things. And what you don't know is I'm literally, I'm glad this, that this video doesn't go out because I was going to cry, but literally that story was my story in 2019. Literally, I, I could never keep a W-2 job. I remember at my last W-2 job message, there was this program Jabber. It's like I am at, at work anyway. I remember messaging my wife who worked at the same company and I messaged her and I said, this person, my boss just called him about to get fired. And she's like, no, you've never done anything right now. I had always lost W-2 jobs. So I, I kind of had this anxiety about it anytime. So it was almost like I had PTSD from previous jobs and they brought me in and they fired me. And then I spent the next four months looking for jobs and we got to a point, started doing my real estate courses and we got to a point that summer, oh man, 2020, we're, you know, we're here in June, July. Yeah. So three years ago. And so we got to a point that summer where we said, okay, we have, you know, one more job interview. You know, I hadn't gotten any of these jobs. If we do not get this job, it's God's way of telling us you are done and you are not meant. Now, after that, really got connected with Vincent, who like said, like, is like, dude, you have the CEO disease, like ADHD, like you're a builder, you're a dreamer, you're not a good W-2 employee. And so thank you so much because I know, you know, my audience has heard my story, but to hear that from another person who really, and you were in the thick of it, right? We had a baby on the way, but we didn't have diapers yet. You know, it was, we were six months out from that right in the thick of it, man. <laughs> so it's so crazy how similar it is, but it's so cool to see what you've built and to see how the Lord has guided you through that. Amen. Right. Right. If you would have stayed at that job, maybe you would still work there today for 10 cents more an hour next I year. Would. Yep. Oh I my goodness. Would. And absolutely praise the Lord that it was it, that is what shook me out of like, just, I would say complacency. It probably was complacency. It was just yeah. like, well, I'll just keep doing this, keep doing this, keep doing this. Cause I just want to provide for my family. And then that really woke me up to that. I realized, cause I would think, and a lot of people think this, most people think this investing in real estate is risky. Oh, what if the market crashes? What if you, your tenants move out? What if they break the toilets or what, whatever? What if there's always this risk kind of like idea in their minds. I realized then and there, it's more risky to work for somebody else. Wow. It's more risky that they are the ones that are holding my ability to feed my family in the palm of their hands. And as I was sitting in that chair, I realized, remember, just getting laid off, I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. That's what got me to realize this is the most risky thing I could do is put my hands on somebody else's life. And so now my, I literally have four or five companies now um, and they all make me money. And it's just, I just say, praise the Lord that I, now it was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely a lot of work to get yes. there. Yeah. But now I literally go to the gym, yep. I come on podcasts, talk to great people like you, mm -hmm. I relax, hang out with my family. I do a little business because I have businesses now that they run themselves. All that to say, it's because I worked hard and that was that catalyst of realizing it's more risky to not do this than invest. So I needed to do it. 
That's so cool. More risky to work for someone else. Never again. I love the story. Tell me how, how your faith impacted what you, you know, all of that. And I think a lot of times, you know, I know there's people out there that listen to this show that like, yeah, I want to quit my W2, da, da, da. or there's realtors who listen and, and they're struggling to grow their business. So they're like, maybe I should stop. So tell me about how the faith was a piece of that. And I'd love to hear, I'm sure she was, how your wife, did she support you like quitting your job? Like, what was that like? Yeah. So we'll start with the, the part of the last question, part of the question, my wife, Yeah. we'll jump in the faith because the faith is, I love the Lord. That's, I mean, I read the Bible literally multiple times a day. So anyways, with my wife, she wasn't necessarily for quitting the job was like a way off goal. The hardest part was getting her okay to invest in that first property. That was by far the hardest thing. In fact, her dad was a teacher. Her mom was a stay-at-home mom, super risk-averse. Like they are warriors and all that sort of stuff. And so she grew up that. And so when we got married, I said, hey, babe, just know if you marry me, you're not going to have a boring life. I'm a very active person. We travel, (laughs) we do lots of stuff. And I'm an active person. Like I'm going to be investing. I'm going to be doing stuff. So I told her that. And she said, and she reluctantly agreed. And to get married, obviously. But getting that first property, that was the hardest thing. And so for me, I need, I was giving her all the whys, why I wanted to invest. Mm-hmm. She needed the how to invest. So I literally had to walk her through every single step from how we're going to manage it, how we're going to buy it, how we're going to make money. Now, there are friends of mine, their spouses needed, like he was, they were always given the, the hows, but the spouse needed the why. So it really depends on your spouse. Like if mm-hmm. you, the reason why I say this is if you want to invest, if you want to start a business, you want to make a big change. You need to understand if your spouse is hesitant, what are their objections? It could be the hows they don't understand or the whys they don't understand or the what, like what are we going to, like all that sort of stuff. Understand that and then break that down. So for my wife, I had to give her the how. Now to get to where we actually were, I was quitting my job. It was interesting that the very first property, remember I had to literally lay everything out, explain everything. Second property wasn't as much. I still laid everything out. Third property wasn't as much, meaning like, like she didn't need that much information. There was, I don't know, two years ago, I came home one day and I said, hey, honey, this is after numbers. I already quit my job and everything. I said, hey, honey, I just bought three single family homes and a duplex. She's all, okay, good. And then moved on. Like, <laughs> right, she, right. she knows the business works. Yeah. Exactly. She knows everything works fine. So with that, that's you know, my wife is 100% on board. Getting to quit my job, we already had the money coming in. Yeah. It was already proven. Had six or seven years. Like, it took me about six to seven years to quit my job. But it was already coming in. It wasn't that big of a deal. So we knew it was coming in. So getting to the faith part, it was, uh, that's the only thing I had was my faith. My faith that God says that no matter what, he's going to take you. Like if he says, you know, look at the birds of the air, how they fly around, how much more important, how much more does God love you as opposed to these sparrows? Or look at the lilies of the field, how they're clothed, how God clothes them. How much more is he, does he love you? How's he going to clothe you and take care of you? And in prayer, that as we're praying, like God knows what we need even before we pray for it. So we got to be praying and God will give us those, those thoughts of how we can pray. So with that, what I did was definitely after getting laid off, what I realized was that the only thing that matters is God. Because I started doing more research, more, not necessarily research, just reading the word, reading scripture. Mm-hmm. And as I started reading the Bible, I realized Christ says things. Uh, Solomon said, there's so many things like Christ said, you know, don't store up on earth where store up your treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not store destroy, where uh, thieves cannot break in and steal. And mm-hmm. I th- remember that. I'm like, okay, 
well, my value is not in my job and not in what I own. My value is in God. Then with that, on top of that, I remember going back to reading Ecclesiastes. Basically, Solomon, King Solomon was the wealthiest man ever. Like literally probably more wealthy than any millionaire, billionaire now nowadays. Mm -hmm. Wealthiest man ever, smartest man, but the wisest man ever as well. He wrote a book. The book's called Ecclesiastes. God put him as the king. He learned so much as the king. And in that book, he's writing about what is important and what's not important. Literally the entire book, he's literally talking about, I devoted myself to building new buildings. I devoted myself to making more money. I devoted myself to, to being funny and having folly and just, you know, having a good time. Devoted myself to abstinence or to stop, like to refrain from things. He devoted himself to lots of things. But in the end, the very end of the book, he writes and he says this, all of that, literally everything I just wrote about, nothing matters. The only thing that matters yep. is yep. fearing God and keeping yep. his commandments. That's the only thing that matters. When I realized that, I was like, man, all that combined, like everything I just said from what Jesus said to Solomon said and everything else in the Bible, yeah. God's going to take care of us. Mm-hmm. Even though we got laid off, God will take care of us. But at the same time, I also read scripture. I'm I'm the husband. I, God's going to hold me accountable for my family. It's not up to my wife to make money. It's up to mm-hmm. me as a man. That's my job. My wife's job is to manage the household, take care of the kids, make sure everything's are as good here. My job is to provide, period. Provide money for food and clothing provide shelter, provide protection, provide wisdom, provide um, safety, security, and even provide them in their growth in, you know, knowing God. All that combined, Mm -hmm. I just went to searching, like, what do I do as a man? I came out of that realizing that nothing matters other than God, and then my responsibility is to take care of my family. So fast forward now, I said, what's the best way to take care of my family? Not putting my life in somebody else's hands with a job. Mm -hmm. It was to invest. And now fast forward now, like I said, 30 plus properties now, many businesses now, and this money just keeps coming in. We're just really blessed because I focused on what's the most important thing, storing up treasure in heaven. And then from there, everything else laid itself out. Yeah, man. I, I love the story. I love what you're doing. So tell us more. I mean, what, what I what I love is is like a lot of people in your shoes are like, okay, cool. I'm making money. I can do what I want. Now I'm just going to like sit on a couch and relax. But you haven't done that. And I think that's really cool. It kind of talks, it, it shows like your heart to serve and help people between the books, courses, coaching, YouTube. I mean, and again, some of that you make some money on, but I but I know, right? I'm a podcaster. You have multiple successful podcasters. A lot of it is a labor of love to really help people. Like what made you say like, well, I just want to help people when you could just sit on the couch all day. What made you start like, you know, the Wealth Builders Conference? What made you passionate to do those things? Yeah, where it started for me, it always for me in my life goes back to scripture. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, and Jesus yeah. literally gives a parable where he talks about a, a man who had so much food, like basically his barns were full. And he said to himself, well, self, meaning like thinking to himself, this guy that Jesus is telling the parable of this guy, the guy says, well, Soul, you are so secure. You have all this food. Let's go ahead and just relax. Let's tear down these bards, build new ones, and fill those up again. Let's just relax. Let's take it easy. And God says, Jesus says, that this man, he didn't realize that God at any time could take our lives. And it doesn't matter what we're planned for, we're prepared for, whatever. We Mm -hmm. always need to be moving forward every single day. Like your life, he says, uh, Jesus says of this man, that God says this man, your life is accounted like... It's required of you right now. Like you're literally going to die. That's just whatever, you know, famine or like a meteor flies off sky or they got a heart attack, whatever. But 
if we store it for ourselves treasures on earth, then eventually it's going to be taken away from us. It just is what happens. But what we need to continually do is be working as if we're working for the Lord. So that is the first thing. So why I don't just sit on the couch or, you know, just not do anything. That's the first thing is number one, because I know my job is to continually moving forward. If I get lazy, if I get complacent, and the Bible says, go to the ant, look at the ant. They never stop moving. Be like that. Always be moving forward. So that's number one. The second thing on top of that, to add to it, I am very blessed in my life to have gone through four different legacies. Now, in life, there's four different legacies that we probably should go for. Number one, I'll go through real quick. Number one is a money legacy. Money legacy that we can have the money to buy whatever we want, do whatever we want, pass it down to our kids. That's a money legacy. I'm blessed, like I said, I'm 37 years old. Check. I got that. The second thing, which the first one leads in the second one. It leads to lead into the other. First one's a money legacy. Second one is a time legacy. You have enough money so you can have the time to do whatever it is that you want in your life because you have time to do anything. So money leads into time. Time then leads into relationship, a relationships mm-hmm. legacy. Now, this relationship legacy, family, friends, serving people at church, you know, being around people, but making sure you have you know, your kids love you, your wife or your spouse loves you, and that you're taking care of them. That's your relationship legacy. The last one, I'm blessed to be on this one, and this is to answer your question of why I continue to do this, uncoupled with what the Bible says, is a service legacy. I'm blessed to be at the point now, money, check. Time, check. Relationships, check. Blessed to be I'm able to say check to all those. Now it's a service legacy because now I've realized after starting so many businesses, doing all these other things in my life, the more people that I serve, the better my life gets and the better everybody else's life gets as well. So what I've done now well, I'll quickly give you the reason why the service is so much more important. I mean, the reason why I created the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference and reason why I go on podcasts, reason why I literally give out so much free content mm-hmm. that it's just like, I want everybody to get this. What happened was my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. So I said, you know, back when I was 27 years old, I said, okay, when I'm 10 years later, 37 years old, I need to be able to quit my job. And it's a deadline. It's not a goal. It's a deadline. So if I'm not even ready, I'm still quitting. Like I I have to do it. It's burning the bridges as we go. Mm -hmm. And so I check, I got that when I was 37 years old, I quit my job. And then for about a year, I was, I went, I I just didn't have a goal. I wasn't necessarily floundering. I just didn't have a goal. I do a little bit here, a little bit there. And then I said, you know what? I need another goal. I need a big long-term goal, a 10 year goal or whatever it might be. So the goal was to create a, uh, basically create a million dollars a year in profit from all of my businesses. That was my number one goal. And I kid you not, John, after having that goal of making a million dollars a year, after about a year, I got so bored of it. In fact, I'm not driven by money. Yeah. And I, I just, it was almost a deterrent. I was like, right. ah, I don't care. Like, no, don't get me wrong. Having a million dollars a year would be fantastic, but I don't need it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty frugal and I'm currently living in a 1,250 square foot house. It's one of my rentals. We moved from California to Arizona to be close to my, my in-laws. Mm-hmm. I live, still live in with my four kids. We'll eventually buy another house, but market's really high right now, so we're just waiting. So with that, I realized that what I now need is a service goal. So instead of making a million dollars a year, yeah. my new goal. And this is such a goal. This is the reason why I created the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, reason why I do these podcasts and all this sort of stuff and have students coaching them how to invest in real estate is – my new goal is to help 1 million people become financially independent by investing in real estate. 
that's my new goal. Now, a very lofty goal, you know, I've, awesome. through my coaching and, and everything, there's about a thousand people that I've coached or more, you know, thousands of people that I've coached, but that's not getting to a million people, but getting on podcasts, like literally every single week, I'm able to get on podcasts, talk to other people and share that it's possible. Like I'm just your next door neighbor. Like literally yeah. don't think of me as a guru or anything. Think of me like your next door neighbor, but figure out a way to do this. And it just wants to share it with you. So now getting back to like the reason why it's now because God's telling me to number one, not like physically audibly, like telling me, but I, I just <laughs> right. learned from scripture. This is yeah. the direction I'm supposed to go. And then at the same time, I realize the more people that I serve, the better my life gets and the better everybody else's life gets. Yeah. Gee, man, that's a mic drop. It really is. You know, and I think it's as realtors, we can get so caught. I, <laughs> I'll share with everybody. I shared with you before we started recording for the show, how somebody just came on a zoom and pitched me on why I should have them on my podcast. And I said, dude, you, you don't understand anything about what I do. No, I don't want you to teach me how you can like take advantage of your clients and and get three deals out of them. Like this is the opposite of what I'm doing. <laughs> and, and so it, it's really, uh, but I do think, you know, it's very easy. It's very easy to see when somebody's pitching you and it's very easy to see when people are serving you. And, and when you serve, right, that fills you up. You kind of think, like you were saying about the money, you kind of think, oh, if I just have all this money, I'll be happy. Well, no, again, read Ecclesiastes. What He says everything's meaningless. Like, I love what you're doing because I can see you're already doing this with your family. But a word that has come to my mind and like in my heart so often over the past like three months is like legacy. Like, that's the word, right? Like, what's the legacy going to be? Like, I don't care about the money. You know, money's nice. We paid off our house. That was great, right? Well, not yet, but once this was out, it will be. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we, like we paid off our house and that's all fine and good, but really it's about how can I serve other people, serve my wife, right? The Lord, my wife, my kids yep. and other people and help them. And that's why, that's why I think your story is so cool because everyone is that person in 2015 or in 2019 with me, everyone is that person thinking, oh, I'm just supposed to work this job until I die or until I, you know, retire. And then I like live on, you know, social security for the rest of my life and die. And it, and it doesn't have to be that way. And so like, and again, like you're saying, the more you serve, right, your life does get better because I think God rewards that and blesses us when we serve other people and try to help others. Yeah, that's awesome, Amen. man. And with that, with that, like if you think about somebody that's a realtor, if you're thinking about just getting the next sale, I as an investor and even just a homeowner know when a realtor just wants a next sale. It's just, it's so off-putting. It really, really is. But when somebody says, what do you need and what do you want? Like, like help me understand what, you, what everything about you so I can get you what you need and what you want. And then all I'm here to do is just to serve. So I'm an investor. And so when I buy properties, I approach it as an investor. I need to save money when I buy the property, get equity capture. Yeah. And I also need passive income when I buy the property. Like those are the two major things that I need. And so I've had some realtors, they hear me say that, but then they just, they, they don't understand how realtor or sorry, investors think. Mm -hmm. So they say, oh, okay, let me show you a bunch of properties. They show me properties that literally have, don't fit anything. And they say, oh, but look at these, these uh, drapes are beautiful. Like oh the landscape is beautiful. Like I don't care about that stuff. Like I'm yep. an investor. So if you understand your customer first, that's the best way to start serving them, understand them first, and then go after what they need. So I'll give you another example of how this works out. So as an investor, 
when I coach my students, I have hundreds of students that I coach. And so there are many ways to get financing to buy a property. And a lot of people think you just get a mortgage and that's how you buy a house. Well, there's so many other ways. Give you an example of another great way is private money, friends, family members, coworkers, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. As soon as you start telling people, hey, I'm an investor, like I did this. This is why I started telling everybody I'm an investor. So many people came to me and say, Dustin, I want to invest with you. And so I realized like, oh my goodness, there's like a, there's a lot of money that people want to invest with me. So what I realized was it wasn't that I would say, I need this private money lender. I need X, Y, and Z. Give me money. That didn't work. What did work though, you know, private money lender. So what do you want to do with your money? How can I help you either make more money, save your money? What do you want to do with your money? And then I figure out how that implements into my business. I get them what they want. Same thing with a seller. As an investor, I buy homes directly from sellers. Mm -hmm. I say, seller, what do you want? Like, what, what do you want? Is it you want to close really, really fast? Or some people, like I literally heard this, I'm getting a divorce. I literally need to sell this right away. I don't care how much money we get. I just want to screw her over or whatever. I, I literally heard these things. If you ask questions about yeah. what they want and get them what they want, making sure that it fits with what you need and what you want, mm-hmm. then you can help people. The goal is to help as many people as possible. I, and I think too, you know, at you as an investor, but also like for those people that are realtors, you know, so many realtors out there think that like someone has to win and somebody has to lose in a deal. My favorite deals are four wins. The seller is happy. The selling agent is happy with what it sold for. The buyer is happy with the deal they got and the buyer agent is happy. I, you know, I just had a settlement today and, and everybody left happy right? And that's how it should be, right? And if and maybe the person did overspend a little to beat another offer, but if they're happy with that price, then it's not overspending to them. It's all about what does your consumer want? All four, right? In that case, what do all four people want and how do we make sure everyone is happy? It's crazy. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So I love all of this and I thank you so much for your time. That's why I just love having conversations. A couple questions that I do ask people before we close out. I would love to hear um, so let's go back. It could be 2015. It could be whatever, whatever you think you're, you're sitting there, let's say at like the bottom of the bottom. So maybe it's losing your job and you're sitting across the table from yourself. What would be one piece of advice you would give yourself at that time? Oh, so since we've t- definitely talked about faith, one biggest thing I would say is pray. Definitely invite myself to, to pray. We don't realize that the creator of the entire universe, he loves our prayers. He wants us to pray. In fact, in Revelation, it says that the prayers of the saints, uh, you know, Christ followers, mm-hmm. they're put on the altar with incense. And the altar is like a very valuable thing to God. Put on the altar as an offering to God. Like God loves prayers. He wants us to pray. Mm-hmm. That's an act of worship that we can. So definitely pray, 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 because God's hand moves when we pray. So that's number one. Yeah. The second thing was, I'm going to give you two things at the same time. It would be passive income, number one. Start not just investing, but also have businesses built. Start going after passive income because when you get laid off or even when you work at a job, you work one hour and you get paid for that one hour. <laughs> we don't. We want to stop doing that. We want to get paid over and over again. Working one time, get paid over and over again. That's that's uh, passive income. The second thing would be coupled together. I'm giving you a bunch of them. Anyway, so that's one, all right. patience and perseverance. Yeah, patience and perseverance. Yeah. Anything worth doing is worth doing well and that's going to take time to get done. Everything that I teach my students, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get wealthy plan. It's something that yeah. we do that in the future, 
we're going to be wealthy. It's called delayed gratification. Work hard now so in the future you'll get even better, better outcomes. But this is generational wealth that I'm creating. My businesses, like you can't give your job to your kids. Yep, but you can't give right. real estate. You can give your businesses. Like my kids are working in my business now. Like in my yeah. real estate wealth builders conference, I had my daughter literally at the check-in table where they're all checking. She's checking people and giving them shirts and all that sort of stuff. They're all a part of that. So perseverance and patience, pushing through the hard times are going to get to where times get easier and easier and easier. In fact, my day would be, I do very few big things. I give you an example. I have a lot of people that are working for me in my conference. I have a lady that works in finding a hotel for the next event, you know, 2023, 2024, and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. She does all the work. She gets paid, which is great, but yeah. she does all the work. My big thing, one little big thing, like last week was literally signing the contract on the next hotel for 2023. So 2023, it'll be in May here in Phoenix, beautiful here. And I got that contract signed. But what I used to do before I had businesses, before I was an investor, I would do a lot of little things, little tiny things that were just tasks. But signing a contract on a hotel, securing my next location, it's that's like the biggest thing we could do, but I did very little. All that to say, pray, passive income. Whoa, there are a lot of P's. Pray, passive income, perseverance, and patience. Look at that. Four things, John. <laughs> I just I, I realized it was four. There no, four that's things. awesome. And then Another one I love to ask. So there's realtors out here that are listening to this that are either a scared of the market, b they can't get their business off the ground, you know, you know whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. I, I I shared a link the last week because people were freaking out, and I'm like, guys, the market. This is not 2008. Please stop. Anyway, that realtor is listening to this show feeling discouraged, and you're talking to them. What would be one piece of advice you would give them? I would say that in any market you can find a way to sell whatever it is. Like, let's say your real estate. Yeah. In any market, you're going to be able to sell good real estate. And especially even right now, like let's say the market's going to start getting, you know, there's always ups and downs, ebbs yep. and flows in real estate. And so my suggestion is go after, if it's, you know, if you stay with real estate, which I don't suggest you shouldn't, I definitely should go after where, what is selling for me, I'm actually, and it's sad to say that people are going to be hurting if there is a correction in the market, if something comes down, mm -hmm. if it's 2008 all over again or worse, whatever it might be, it's going to be sad people are going to get hurt. But who are the people, think about this, who are the people who are going to be buying properties? Me, investors, people yes. that love buying properties. Yes. I've been waiting. I'm looking forward to buying a lot more properties. So look for who's going to be buying and maybe making, not a pivot, but just shift your understanding there's always going to be a way to make money in every single situation. Think of like the gold rush back in the, I don't know, you know, 1800s or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like the people that made the most money were the ones that were selling all the tools to pan for gold. Not the people that were panning for gold. They made money, don't get me wrong. But the ones that worked very little were the ones selling the tools. So you got to get creative and figure out where can I pivot now or where can I just move, shift my business to now. I'll give you an example. So right now, I'm shifting my marketing for like, you know, for master passive income. That's where I coach people how to invest shifting it just a little bit where I'm saying instead of like, Hey, obviously appreciation is going to start. It seems like it's going to mm -hmm. top out. It's not gonna be appreciating more, but now I'm helping them to understand that right now the market is changing. People are kind of worried. Well, if I buy now, it's going to come down. I'm like, that doesn't matter if it comes down because we invest for passive income yep. and this is going to be a better time. Like buy anyways, all that to say, be looking for how, other people are going to be making money and shift to that direction. I love it, man. So much good stuff. Thank you so much for your time. 
tell my listeners because I know they're going to want to see all the things you're doing. So the next conference is Phoenix, right? You said that's in May. And then where else can people find you and connect with everything you are doing? Yeah, awesome. So the first thing, the conference is in May. If you go to R-E-W-B-C-O-N, Rubcon, R-E-W-B, all abbreviated, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com. I know you'll probably put it in the description and everything in the links yep. in there. Yep. So they go there. You can check out the the, um, the site and everything. I'll definitely get, we'll take care of you. It's all about helping you, helping yeah. people. It's, it's a service. It's a big thing. But the other thing, I definitely want to give all of your listeners, if they want to learn and see how I invest in real estate. I'll just give them a, an investing course for free. Yep, I'll man. literally give awesome. it to you guys. Go through it. I believe it's for everybody, but it's not. So this is the way that everybody can see. If it's for me, then I'll help you even more. So if you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777. Very simple, 33777. I will literally give you my real estate investing course, show you how to find an area of the country to invest anywhere in the country. We, we invest all over the country. We invest out of state how to find an area of the country to invest, how to find the right properties, how to build the business, making sure you don't lose money. You have experts there working on the ground. I literally work maybe 30 minutes a month on all my properties and I'm, mm -hmm. it's, it's great. So anyways, you can also go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. All one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll literally give it to you. Plus I have my podcast, the Master Passive Income Podcast. It's literally just me teaching. I rarely do interviews. It's just me saying, you know what? I want to share with this information with everybody. Now, I also have a YouTube channel, which is great because I also give content on it. So many anyway, just anywhere, search for Master Passive Income, you'll find me or Dustin Heiner. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I loved, you know, so much of what you said resonated with my story and I know will resonate with our listeners. So um, I'm thank you for uh, sharing your time with us today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely, John. Thank you so much for having me, man. See you, man. Guys, thanks so much for listening to my interview with Dustin. And Dustin, thank you so much for being such an amazing guest. Dustin is building a ton of amazing things that you know can help realtors, can help people looking to invest. And I hope that you will check out the stuff he is doing with the conference and also with you know master passive income and also successfully unemployed. Tons of great things to check out. I'll make sure that gets in the show notes for you guys check out all the stuff he is doing. A few of my takeaways as we close out, man, I love how he just started sharing his journey and talked about a job being just over broke. I've never heard it that way. I was really taken back to, you know, my journey and losing my job and everything that followed that. And I loved his question, you know, was this all a waste? And how he said this can happen to you right? It's so true. No matter how comfortable you feel in your job, unless you work for yourself, you could also be laid off or unemployed or whatever, you know, fired, whatever it is. And I love how he talked about how he had to learn that his value was not his job, right? That he had other value more than just his job. I loved the point that he shared, you know, as I said, like, you know, how was, how was your faith? And, you know, your wife impactful into, you know, getting into the next thing. And I love how he said how it is more risky to work for someone else than it is to work for yourself. Isn't that like such a mic drop moment? So many of us, as we think about investing, think about, oh, but the risk, the risk. Well, how risky is it that those of you that are still in a W-2 and, you know, knowing that that could disappear tomorrow, how risky is that? And so I, I loved his point 
talking about that it is much more risky to work for someone else. And that's why he said he would never do it again. I loved how he, you know, just talked about what he built. You know, I love how he said, the more I serve, the better I feel and how I've got big goals to help 1 million people become financially independent. That's awesome. Um, And we, again, in what the work we do as realtors, we need to serve people. And if we can serve people, we'll have success. If we try for success and don't serve people, people see right through it. I loved his point. And, and I'll leave you guys with this. I really loved how he said, you need to understand your customers first, right? He works with realtors as an investor and you know some will just try to get him to buy anything, but he had to learn and we have to learn to understand our customers first and say, how can I help you? Seller, what do you want? Or buyer, what do you want? And find out those things and really serve them if we want to have success. So those are just a few. Oh my gosh, I I took five or six full pages of notes. Really good stuff. I hope you guys got a lot out of this as well. Make sure you check out what Dustin is doing. I'll make sure I put all the links in the show notes for you guys to check out what he is doing with the conference and with Master Passive Income and with Successfully Unemployed. I'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this interview and I'll see you guys on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.